When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, this is A View From The Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 14th of November, 2023. My name is Patrick Smith. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You can also download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of your normal podcast providers. On this week's show, thanks, Davey. On this week's show, what a weekend. Um, not one that's been common occurrence for the Belfast Giants. of late two defeats to Cardiff and Guildford, respectively, of as the Giants in a bit of a slump, but what's going on? Let's have a look. Uh, with the Giants facing Sheffield and Manchester this week, uh, we're joined by the Giants team man who's played for both. That's of course Davey Phillips. Uh, Matt Ginn returns to show to the show to talk about uh, this season in the Man- in Manchester Storm, and uh, we'll look at the results and all the news from across the EIHL. There is one major piece of news that came out today. And I can tell you right now, we will not be touching that with a barge pole. If you want commentary on that, I'd basically stay off social media. Um, Davey, how are you doing, mate? A um, bit like Belfast Giants, Paddy. I've probably had better weeks, um, yeah. but hopefully like the Belfast Giants, I'll have better weeks to come. <laughs> well put. And uh, with, with with Mr. Kitchen off jetting around the world, uh, we're delighted to be joined once again by Gareth Martin. How are you doing, Marty? Oh, good. He, he has a time of it, doesn't he? So he definitely <laughs> no man like no. it. I, I'm all good, and thankfully my sound is is work. So uh, third time lucky on the. Yeah, so thanks for the rundown there. Um, yeah, I'm all good. Um, just bit manic at my house. We're we're going to be retiling tomorrow, so it's just been prepping and, and ripping everything up. So I'm just trying to angle the camera to hide, you know, everything <laughs> and stuff. So. That's why this like that's why this camera's locked in position. If it turns like slightly that way or that way, you'll see all sorts of cracks and all sorts of things. <laughs> but that's it. And yeah, it's one of those one of those hectic weeks for everybody, isn't it? But uh, I'm, like I literally got here not that long ago and uh, straight into the show. So if I'm a bit of a shambles, I'm going to rely on you two to sort of you know, keep give me a leg up as you normally do. Um, a tough week for the Belfast weekend for the Belfast Giants. Uh, two defeats to Cardiff and then Guildford. Let's get cracking, boys, by looking at the first of those. Um, in, on Saturday night, the Cardiff Devils visited the SSE Arena. Uh, let me just bring up the statistics for you. 
and the Belfast Giants were subject to a 3-2 defeat. Uh, Giants goals come from Sato and Prince, and uh, the Cardiff goals come from Evan Mosey, and two for Cole Sanford, the final one, of course, coming in the final minute. Uh, in nets, Tyler Beskarwani, 14 shots against, three goals against. On the other side, Ben Bounds, 43 shots against, two goals against. Your referees were Tom Perring and David Good. Now, Davey, I know we're going to say we played well, which I would agree we definitely did. So why did we lose? Hmm. <laughs> that wasn't the question I was expecting. So um, I have to give that a little bit of thought as the bite. Um, I haven't the signs on this. So listen, yes, and I can be accused of, um, you know, always trying to find a positive trying to do that in life as well you know if you if you live off negativity you never get anything done but listen the belfast giants and, and i think adam keith and, and and pete russell also said in their in their post matches played very well um but yes didn't come up with with the win if we let this roll here patty i might be able to actually do a little bit of analysis on the game itself look let, let's simplify hockey let's simplify team sports in as much as to get results in ice hockey and in any sport, really, it's about finding opportunities and outnumbering the other team. And that's what gives you your creation of opportunities. Having three on twos, having four on threes, four on twos, whatever. Um, getting down low, the majority of goals are scored in in front of the blue paint. And I'll bring up a couple of graphics in a wee minute to illustrate that. And getting bodies in front of goaltenders so they can't see the puck. If they can't see it, nine times out of ten, they can't save it. In terms of what we did well on Saturday night, we created a lot of offense. We created great A opportunities. Ben Bounds had a really good night in terms of what he was able to do. Our goaltending on Saturday night probably wasn't where it's been in a lot of the season so far. And that's not a massive criticism. There's one guy in Belfast got a lot of credit in the bank. It's that goaltender who's having to obviously ride a lot of the workload at the minute. You have Jackson Whistleite injured. He's having to take the majority of the work in training. He's having to take all the work during the games. He hasn't had a night off now for whatever that is, a month, six weeks, where he's been having to play at the very highest level. And the margins, the margins are so fine. And this, I don't know if this is the goal. This might be Carter's first goal. So, no, it's not. I'll let it spin there a wee minute. I'm trying to get my, sorry, I'm filling here because I'm trying to get my mouse on the on the pause button. Um, So he's had to do a lot of the workload. Um, And the margins are so fine. So here's another critical point. I'm going to press pause here because I want to I want to wax L'Oreal for a minute. We're averaging 16 shots against in the last five games. That's not an awful lot of rubber for a goaltender to get himself. We, we talk about the Shane Owens and the cars and, and the bounces yes. and all coming in. They're, they're seeing 40 shots. And, and yes. Marty talks about it on the webcast as well. With sometimes that goalies get hot. We'll put a lot of low percentage shots on the Murdy, let them get a feel of the puck where our, where our guys are standing down, best go stand down the other end of the ice, maybe getting a wee bit cold. And then he's expected in those moments against the top level opponents in this, the Cole Sanfords who know where the back of the net is, pure snipers who take two chances in a game, get three shots in a game, score two goals. We didn't have a player on the ice on Saturday night of a roster of 17, 18, 19 that didn't have a shot. Every single player on our team put a shot on. But if I if I get the opportunity here, Paddy, if I can go to, sorry, Marty, I, I'm, I'm for talking away here. Away, I'm going to bring spread. in. I'm, I'm going to share a screen for a minute. This is you. Tell me if you can see this. 
Yep, it's coming. Right. So this is the shot map from the playoff final. The last time we had a big uh, slanted victory against the Cardiff Devils. And if you look at the Belfast Giants shot map where we scored our goals. Okay, Jeff Baum had the one from outside where Gary puts the, the puck a little behind the pass. But that goal that uh, Bomber scored from the outside had traffic right in front. I'm pretty sure it was Scott Conway in, this, in the, the playoff final screening Ben Bounds. And the Giants come up with those goals. But we've done everything. 9 out of 10 goals plus come from that low slot area within hockey. Whereas if we go to Saturday night here, I don't know whether I can then... You tell me if that screen's changed or not. Not yet. Not yet, so I'm going to hit this. I've made a balls here then. Sorry, give me a second. <laughs> hit stop, Sharon. This is, this is a, a, a... It might not be a worthwhile point, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, two, three, that's from the other night. So if I hit sure, this should change. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got, is that shot yeah. map up there? Because I can't yeah, pay yeah, up. Um, where you've got, our, our red zone is a little higher. It's up more towards the hash marks. Cardiff, you can see on the right-hand side of the page. They've had, they've had precious little in the game. So from our own perspective, what we've done slightly differently tonight versus the win in the playoff, and if you like, shooting from slightly more outside. And that comes from Cardiff as well. Let's let's look at Cardiff. Cardiff played really well on the night. They were desperate. They played in layers. They only put one man in the four check. Which when you go for a breakout, then you're um you four guys to go through. Can we get the video going again there? Yeah, yeah, I'll bring the video back in. So you bring the video back on. Sorry, Marty. I definitely will stop talking a little bit. Um, I, I want to get this point. So this is this. No, it's not. I should have. I should have. Better highlights than this, but here, Marty, come in and then I'll 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 come back on. Well, Marty, no, this is it. This is it. <laughs> so we go at this point here, right? So at this point, we're in freezing it. Um, that doesn't actually hey what the time on the clock, but in this point, Curdy's going for a line change. So on the back end, Davy Phillips and Travis Bryan are, are going to be the back end. We've got our three guys up front. We're attacking. We're two hundred feet from our own net. It's all good. And at this point, Cardiff make a breakout. And we're still okay. We're two for two. Two forwards breaking. We've got two D-men at the back. And we're in foot races as such with the, the other three guys. And it takes less than 15 seconds. It's actually about 10 or 12 seconds. And the puck's in the back of our net. Good defensive play there. But we go down in the corner. And here, a positive game. We're still okay. We're three on three. Naz is covering the front of the net. As, yeah. um, as, I don't know if it's Joey Martin coming in there or not. But we just get a bad bounce. And all of a sudden now, open. we're outnumbered. Uh, because we've all gone to the puck they're in front Besco's got two men on none and he gets the shot away and all of a sudden after all the good work that you've put into making this game and a really strong start coming up with opportunities we're behind the eight ball so I'll let Marty come at this point and we'll, I'll come back and talk about this all day mate but, that, but that's it I think you're absolutely right in what you say and, and Marty you, know, you can come in here it's the fact that the chance were creating chances, but it is those fine margins that were that were that you know. That, and you look at you look at the end, you know, you look at the at, at the final goal that, that that Cardiff score. It comes off a bounce off over the top of Jendon's stick, and Sanford's away. You know, it it, it, it it's difficult to sort of criticise the chance too greatly of the fact of this loss because it was such a tight game. Exactly, I I also feel that Guildford and Cardiff. Have came in knowing that the Giants are just going to apply all the pressure they can, and you know Cardiff have just they've been smart. They've decided let's soak up the pressure, let's collapse in front of the bounds, let's make the Giants shoot, you know, side to side so their angles aren't that great, 
and then let's take the opportunity to go and, and, and you know, hit them on the rush, hit them on the, the breakaways. And then also when they got, when you, when Davey explained how the first goal went in for Cardiff there, um, they made the quick out pass, they went down. It, because the Giants weren't really defending, they all got sucked into that corner. Three guys were sucked into that corner. And then all of a sudden, they're out of position. You've got two guys out in front. And there you go. You're one shot. You're one, you're one goal. I think, you know, and you, you mentioned it there, Davey. And like, let's say, Besco's not immune from criticism. Absolutely not. But then we know that Besco doesn't normally give up three goals and 14 shots. So, you know, he has got, he is a player with a lot of credit in the bank. But it is difficult when there are only fourteen shots going in, and you look at that. You look at that shot, that final one from Sanford. Yes, he's a sniper, but nine times out of ten, Besco's probably saving that. So you can probably think that maybe there's something, you know, something awry that maybe Besco's trying to recover from something, or that he's, you know, or that, or just an off night. I probably think I'd have followed the goal. This is probably the one Besco would, you know, save more than nine times out of ten. He's 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 quite square on the shooter there. He's it's obviously that little gap over the left shoulder, which is where the puck ends up. Giants defensively have, have kind of done okay there in that situation. Yes, Besco's immune to an extent that he'll be his biggest critic. He'll he'll have Absolutely. watched this 50 times and wondered what he could have done different. You talk, Andrew Dixon came on the podcast and and, and won a critique his performance, you know. Um, again, 14 shots across a night. It's, it's so difficult for him to be alive to everything that's going on there because he's, he's not involved in the game. For for large large sections of it and yeah, but that's the game, Davey. But that but that's the game. You know yeah. what I mean? That's you know it's it, it's not unusual for for Besco to be in that position, especially the way RD's been playing. You know, I, I understand what you're saying, but it's also the game that he's playing. Can I push yeah, in with that? And... Go ahead, Marty. Yeah, I mean, we can visibly see that, that Besco he's had a couple of rough weeks. You know, he. He's yeah. been carrying a bit of illness or a, a bit of a niggly injury, and, and we're not aware of it. Um, but, you know, there's extra pressure applied to him. Let's say our, our forwards are getting five, six, seven shots, not burying that puck. Then the extra pressure when there's only one or two shots are going on him and they're hitting the back of the net. You know, if we had scored them three or four shots, you know, we wouldn't be really focusing in on that one shot that he's let in. So I just think when he sees the boy, he's not putting that puck home and then he's not seeing too much trouble. It, it is, it, there's an extra element of pressure on him that he, he certainly doesn't need. But don't, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting the defeat at the, at the hands of, of Tyler Beskarwani. Far, far from it. I, I just, you know, for the sake of conversation, the sake of argument, you know, there are sort of question marks going over as to why it is over the last few games, the Belfast Giants are obviously playing well, but not coming away with the victories. We said it last week. We said it the week before that, you know, that, that there have been, there have been games that we have, or a couple weeks ago, we've been games we were playing, we were playing very, very well. But we haven't come away with the victory. The guys have some, and ultimately, you're probably right. It's probably the fact that we're not putting the puck in the net. That's probably the ultimate side of it is that we're not putting the puck in the net at home. And you know, we'll come to the Guildford. I think the Guildford game is worse than this one, certainly, and it's something that we can you know, we'll we'll discuss in a few minutes. But you know, there there, there seems to be something. Are they snake bitten? Is there something? There's a reason why we're not getting the puck into the back of the net at home against goaltenders that we should be passing. We kind of had this similar time the last year, towards the end of November, early December, where we were, as they use your term there, Paddy Snake, but we couldn't just 
buying the puck on a regular basis. Look, th- this team had, and I'll tell you themselves, more than enough chances to win both yep. games, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, the, the Elite League and that are focusing on these XGs and stuff now. And like I think the XGs from both games are probably like a four, five, six, one, two victories, you know. Um, yep. In terms of what we did right on Saturday night, you know, we... We won the penalty battle, we won the face-off battle, we won the hits battle, we won the blocks battle, you know, we won the shots on-off battle. We won all these battles, but unfortunately, the margins are so, so fine at the elite level that one battle you lose, you maybe lose one board battle and the puck's out in front and these top-end players take their one opportunity. So I think the, probably the great A's... We didn't we didn't convert like like Cardiff did, and it's just one of those things. They got that breakaway at the end. The fine margin there, Mike or Gendron probably has the opportunity. He does that again. He just puts it back in along the boards, and will probably yeah. take over time. You know, instead he tries to make a play to to keep the game alive. And we're going we at that point, all we're thinking of is we're going to win three two. You know, we're going to we've got a minute or whatever left in the clock. Let's hold the puck. Let's reset. Let's not let them have a line change. We'll maybe get a change and we'll come up with an opportunity and we'll score the winning goal. Instead of that game, the pucks came back out over the blue line. Take your medicine, put it back in deep and go back to work. He's trying to make a play. It hasn't came off a bobble stick. He's another guy that's probably got credit in the bank as well, played well. These things happen in sport. Individual mistakes happen. And, you know, we can sit here and overanalyze and be critical. It was just a mistake. And Sanford's away in the oh, races yeah. and he gets one on none. And... We just can't get back to put a stick on him, you know. We we literally don't get a stick on him. He's away to the races and he, he gets his opportunity, makes it three two. It's too late to do anything at that stage. I thought Gendron played well. Ultimately, I think the one mistake, one mistake does not rule out the fact that I thought they had a, that he had 100%. a good game, and and you know that's just the way that that was. Let me just um get the post games in here from the game against Cardiff. Yeah, we got outplayed, but you know what? Sometimes. That happens, you know, and I thought we showed good desperation. Bouncy was really good, and we showed great desperation. We took our chances, and I think sometimes that's what it's all about. You can't play good every weekend, but I don't think we're bad. I think you played really well, and you pushed the pace well. I thought the third period we played, we actually played a lot better in the third period. But, uh, yeah, we didn't have a lot of legs, but no one remembers how. Do you know, like, it's, it's two great points against a great team, and we're happy with that. Do you know, like, of course we are. Do you know, it's, I'm not, it's, it's just... Good for us. That was a good game of hockey. I liked our game. I thought we generated more than enough scoring chances to win the game. We didn't capitalize. Uh, Balance played real well. Um, and at the end of the day, I thought it was a great game for us from start to finish. But the margin for error in these style games, these are playoff games. Uh, uh, you know, the Carp Devils are a team that if we want to get to a trophy, we're going to have to go through them. And, uh, you know, in these types of games, you make a mistake. Uh, you know, it can end up in the back of your net. So you have to be next to perfect. And tonight uh, we made a couple of mistakes and it cost us. That's the post game. That's post game from Adam Keith and uh, and Pete Russell. Gents, we're going to move it ahead here. Uh, we're going to move on to the game that happened on Sunday night down at the Spectrum in Guildford, where we faced the Guildford Flames, who defeated us just the other week, and they took another win, a three-one victory for the Flames. Ben O'Connor, uh, Cronella, and Lemus with the three goals for the Flames. Matt McLeod, who I thought played really well in that game, but Matt McLeod got one back for the Giants with just over uh, just over a minute. Remaining uh, in nets, uh, Tyler Beskarowani 27 shots on, three goals against on the other side. Ian McAdam 31 shots on, one against Andrew Jarvie and James Irons were the two referees. Marty, two quick goals 
sort of set it up in the first period for the Flames, who held strong. They capitalized again in the second. The Giants were struggling to find the back of the net yet, yet again. And, and prior to them, two goals, uh, the Giants had two power plays, and the power play form has been quite poor. Um, you know, so Giants didn't take good chances um, on the power play. The Guilford Flames then gain momentum from that. And then they go out. O'Connor steps up, just throws one end. A lot of traffic. Besco doesn't get sight on. You know, back of the net. I think this is going to be the, the goal now coming up. Um, but good bit of play, good bit of movement, keeping the puck, just not giving, you know, not making the turnover, not giving away possession. Always they were they were winning the 50-50 battles there in the offensive zone. Say there, O'Connor just throws it through traffic. I think um, I think Besco is on sighted there, and he, he can't see that puck. I don't even think it got tip. I think it just got the, the posting in. Um, so obviously, Guilford rewarded with that. And straight away, you'd think, okay, uh, Jans will, will, will try and go and equalize here and uh, apply a bit of pressure. And we'll probably see in the highlights coming up next. Um, Cornell is just lurking around. And we all know how good Guilford are at making that quick up pass. And yeah. they hit Cronella. Cronella is just in behind RD. RD aren't aware of it, and just goes down and, and makes a nice, uh, nice move on Vesco just to make it two uh, 0 I think I was in something like twenty-seven seconds or so. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of, of the highlights here. But uh, yes, it's about to come up now. You know, you can just see Cronella just cro- he's going to just crawl up the the right wing and. Um, Giants are just kind of focused on the puck here. Yeah, there we go. Just comes in and just makes a nice move. And yeah, that's just that's just the chance on the back foot. And more or less, they've got to go for it. And uh, yeah, we we know we know what happens there. We know what happens after that. Regards to like you said, Davy, a couple of times over the weekend, pace our pace. We didn't have any jump in the game. There wasn't any urgency in the game. The chance just seemed to go two behind and three behind, and you know, it just didn't. There didn't seem to be any shift from the chance. Um, yeah, the game was a bit one paced both ways. Um, obviously you've got Tate McLeod and Sato and stuff with with extra legs, but in terms of just an up and down kind of flow of a game, it was quite one paced. I um. I actually thought we played pretty well in the first period, despite coming on all stupid because we ended up 2-0 down. It was a carryover from Saturday night where I thought we played well on Saturday night as well. But after we went in 2-0 down, the first, the second was Sammy losing that third goal just before the end of the period. But it kind of killed the game because then they're able to do a little bit like what Cardiff did and just fill, you know, the strength, strength three, 3.5 across the blue line. Yeah. And, and make us go around the outside, and it's a, it's a long way around. So sometimes there, like we came up with opportunities. I think this was a game where I I can see a lot of comments down the side here from people. I don't know whether you want to share any of them or not. People are obviously going to be very careful. That we talk all the time about, and I've kind of lost a wee bit. I don't know whether it's just in life of of euphoria. I don't get too high. I don't see old hockey cliche. I never celebrate too much when we're winning, and I've said enjoy these times when we're winning because we'll not always win and I don't get too deflated at a loss because I'm a lot more analytical now about a loss rather than emotional about it you know I can see reasons why we've lost at the weekend I'm not happy about them Adam Keep called people out on it he's not happy about them either and there's things that really didn't impress me about the chance at the weekend there's things that really did impress me and it gives me enough 
hope that, as Kiefer said, we've got to go through Cardiff if we want to win trophies this season. And you've got to play those fine margin games and you've got to come out on top of them. Season before, when we went to the playoff finals, those fine margins, we came out behind and it ruins your summer. Last season, we won the last game of the season and we're still dining off it. But this season's going again. And as Adam said in the interview, passengers getting up to the speed of this league. We've had the CHL, we've had the Challenge Cup, and this is our bread and butter now for the next four or five months. And you cannot have nights off like some guys had off on Sunday night in um, Guildford. You know, there was a game at 2-0 down. I still thought, uh, here, hands up. I had us minus one and a half. At 2-0 down, I still expected that bet to come in. And as that game crept on, ah, well, I'll not need to worry about going and checking William Hill out for the rest of the game because it just <laughs> went it went flat and I just never yes. thought really towards the end of that game. It didn't feel like a game there was going to be something magical happened in. Now, whether that's an individual needs to come up with that magic or a line needs to put another line, you know, the rest of the team on its back, just didn't feel like we had that little bit of jump. It could be down to a number of factors, Paddy. You it's... know, it can be down to a number of factors, but Sunday night... The coach has said it himself. It's probably not where he wants it to be as a Belfast Giant team. It's the fourteenth of November, Davey. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit the bed over the fact that we've we've had a zero point weekend. I think that you know we're going to have Matt Ginn coming up later in the show. And you know, the la- I think the last time we had a zero point weekend, he was the mastermind of it. You know, and and we went on the, the we went on to take the title. And it's also worth noting that we went on to take the title despite the fact about weeks beforehand we were still in a chase. Not not. I don't think we led until quite late in the season. We're going to lose games. We're going to lose games. A lot of, a lot of, don't. There's the the, the uh, thing from Guildford. Don't use this. Um, we're going to lose games, and you know, it's just going to happen. You know, that that's sport. If you, if you think we're going to win every, yes, is it frustrating that we lost games the way we did? Of course it is. Is it frustrating that we lost in like a last minute dash from the Cardiff Devils? Of course it is. Is it? Is it Guildford had a really bad start to the season. They started to find their feet, but you still want to beat them. But I'm not. You know. It, there seemed to be a lot of just emotion, and that's fine. It's okay to be emotional in this game. It's okay to be emotional as a fan. You just you know, sometimes you just need to check it. I'm the worst for it at times, but I've sort of, sort of like you, Davy. Sort of my my euphoria, my emotion is sort of in check in my old age. But hmm. Marty, you know, you've been you've been part of Belfast John's sides that have won and lost. You just got to check your emotion. <clears throat> you do, and. You know, let's be honest, the, the Giants in the last three years have been the best team. So every team that sees, okay, we're playing a chance this weekend, they go above and beyond and put in the extra effort to make sure that they try and come out on top against us. You know, they, they'll they'll put all they'll put everything into it. They'll prepare a lot better for us than say another team. But yeah, we, the fans the fans need to, to realize that we have the best coach in the league. We we are best club in the league we've proved it last year you know you just said there it's the 14th of november this is kind of the start of the dog days isn't it it's the dark winter nights we're going to be yeah, there's a couple of i'm not gonna make excuses you know every every team goes through it but yeah there's going to be a couple of off weekends there's going to be some highs like we were on what like a 13 game winning streak for the month or sorry four games ago wasn't it we we've done something like a thirteen game winning streak in all competitions, so we're just having a bit of a blip here. And if anyone can pull us out of it, it's, of course it's Adam Keith and the organisation. Hundred percent, I think you know, it's it's one, it's, it's, one it's, it's a valid, very valid point, Paddy. You know, if you you take those that stretch of seventeen games and you're thirteen and four, if you go three and one, three and one, three and one, you know, you're 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 not 
even considering that this is a problem. It's more a problem because it's bunches. four out of five and bunches. it's 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 came in a bunch after we know this team can streak for 13 games and they can get really positive. And we've seen up close in Coventry, a team that's bubbling and then sort of and we're seeing now that a team is just a little bit it's not even struggling. This is this is the thing. When if if I hockey's played on ice, this is the difficulty, and I know I'm very stats driven and very analytical about it. If you give me those game sheets and you give me all those analytics and you went, Who won this game? you'd say the Belfast Giants have won it, and that's the margins that you're playing with here. Um so I'm not too despondent. This weekend's obviously now massive. Uh and because you talk about those two points in October, November, December, whatever being so valuable, you're now playing four pointers basically this weekend against Sheffield, you're playing a four pointer against Manchester. It becomes the everything gets magnified in losses, and that's what I'm saying about not getting too carried away, despondent, don't get carried too carried away, excited either. But yeah, people have an absolute right to go on Twitter and and say what they want to say. Some of that's it. sport. That's the game. Yeah, let's get the sport, um, let's yeah. get let's get let's get post game from Guildford, and then we'll be joined by our first game, our first guest of the night. It's a comedy of errors. You know, from our point, I thought Guilford was very good, very fast. Uh, we didn't really have an answer for it, to be honest. Yeah, it was uh, they were first to pucks, they're beating us to pucks, they're winning puck battles. Um, I thought that we had a bit of a pushback or some energy there the last half of the game, but it's too late by then. We'd given uh, Guilford all the life, and uh, right now we're we're in one right now, and. Um, We've got a few passengers right now that just can't handle it. doesn't seem like they can handle the back-to-backs and the, the pace of this league and the intensity of the league. And, um, you know, we're we'll up to do some soul-searching here and get back to work on Tuesday. Uh, we have arguably the best team in the league uh, on Saturday in Sheffield, or, and we're going to have to be ready for that. So it's going to start with some hard work here. Yeah, I mean, uh, really happy with that 60-minute performance. Um, I thought right from the... The puck dropped, um, and right till the end, I thought we battled really, really hard. I liked our compete level, and to be fair, I liked our whole game tonight. I thought um, individually the boys were excellent, but as a team as well, um, the structure was very good. Um, yeah, really solid 60 minutes of uh, hockey, which is, is great to see because you know I've been banging on about it all season, and I think the last few games there we've certainly started to play that way. Uh, the highlights from both sets of games this weekend, the the game against Cardiff, of course, from Giants TV and the game against the Guildford Flames is on YouTube from Flames TV. And uh, and we bat our head, gents. We're joined by uh, a man, we're going to be joined by a man who, well, we're up against both Sheffield and Manchester this weekend. And here's a man who's played for both. Please welcome back to View from the Bridge, Davey Phillips. How are you doing, mate? Hello. How are you doing, bud? You Okay. <laughs> What yeah, expect <laughs> Not too bad, mate. I've, give us a fir- first question. What's your take on the weekend? Zero point weekend. Not exactly, obviously not what we wanted, but why, what do you think was behind it? Now, I've been thinking about a lot, to be honest, but tough to put your finger on it. Uh, being in a little bit of a bad run here, we had did one. We played really good away in Manchester, but um, apart from that, these losses have kind of all been pretty similar theme to be honest um yeah and it's tough to put the finger on it 
it's you know when you come, especially in these games you know adam keith said so in, in, in his post game on um saturday night against cardiff it, it's sort of a a playoff sort of approach to these games because the likes of cardiff sheffield whatever are going to be at the at the top of the league do, do, do you feel there's a bit more pressure on those games uh, anytime you play them the the big teams you there's always that pressure and you know they are they're like four point games out there and but on the other side of it, you've got to approach every game the same, in my opinion. You know, you can't just play the Cardiff game one way mentally and then kind of go into a lower team and have a different mentality. It's kind of learning to treat every game the same and with the same effort and mentality as well. Yeah, but you. You, the, the very word you're using, mentality there, we were talking about it just a few minutes ago. When you put in a performance like Saturday night against Cardiff, and, and we're talking about the numbers and stuff earlier on, if you handed somebody the game sheets and the analytics, you'd say the Belfast Giants game, the Belfast Giants won that game easily, but we came out on the, the wrong side, a couple of individual mistakes, just a, a couple of board battles or whatever. Is it easy just to scrub that and then go on to Sunday night and, and start afresh? Because I, I actually thought that even though we came out of that first period 2-0 down, we actually played quite well in that first period against Gilford. But once we got a bit behind, there seemed to be just a little lack of belief that we could get back. Yeah, I think it's easy to scrub it behind if it's also, if it's a bit of a one-off, but it's kind of been a bit the last couple of games, hasn't it? You know, we have, I think we have dominated, you know, like you said, with the analytics and stuff. But at the end of the day, we've lost the games. And when that's the only analytics that matters at the end of the day is the yeah. score. And but how yeah. do you turn around? How do you turn around? This this team three weeks ago was in the in the middle of a 13 whatever game, you know, winning streak. Um everything's bubbly in the locker room. This I'll come back later on on a question about that. Everything's great. So we didn't get too carried away a few weeks ago. So we can't get too low. We've got to believe in the process here that we're a good team and you know good things are going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I think any time you do it, like we are in a bit of a blip at the minute. And I've always been told if you hit sort of like ruts like this, you go back to basics and it all starts with work ethic, keep simple, play hard, shoot more, go to the net more and you eventually get rewarded, you know, maybe trying to be a little bit too creative or, and it costs, you know, it causes mistakes and stuff, but, you know, might have had high confidence because we was on that good run, but it's kind of also made us found out that you also can't be overconfident as well if we are, do you know what I mean? Because you will get brought back down to earth pretty quick. Hey, hey, Gabby, nice to chat with you. Um, I just want to maybe bring in a positive here. I've really enjoyed your game with uh, Travis Brown. I feel that you both bring a, a physical element when you're out together. And then also, you know, you're both willing to join the rush. Um, I just want to ask a question. Do you like playing alongside a similar player or would you rather be with a, a guy that, you know, is more attacking and, and you would be more of a responsibility to stay at home? I wouldn't say I've been joining the rush, mate. And if I have, I've, I'm probably out of position. <laughs> I've seen you jump the odd time or two. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do get a bit excited. Uh, 
think I prefer playing with someone who likes having the puck, to be honest. It's, um, you know, someone who's really confident on it. Just, I don't know, I feel nice if I know if I've got it that I can always give it to them and then they feel comfortable on it as well. It's not going to be someone like myself who just kind of wants to get it off the stick as quick as possible. <laughs> but he, Travis is a he's a very good player and he's, he's a very good all-round player as well. There's not really many faults in his game at all. He's a, he's a good state, skater, he's big, he's fast, strong, skillful, defends hard. He's got a really big shot as well. Um, I, I want to throw in a, a tricky question here for you. So um, <laughs> I, I never got the chance to play alongside you. I played against you my, in 2006-07. Um, you were with Hull at the time. So I can remember when we were playing against you, obviously you're young, you get around 21 at the time, and you were on the radar. Everyone was kind of speaking about you up and coming player, and, and you proved that throughout your, your career. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you've played... Uh, but we've got three big arenas, don't we? We've got uh, Belfast, Nottingham, Sheffield. You've played in the in Sheffield and, and um, Belfast. You know, on the home team. What is the best atmosphere for a a home team player? Oh, I'm not just saying it, but it's definitely Belfast. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. No, I, I just I, you know, obviously, um, I, I used to love going to Sheffields and playing in Sheffield. I, look, I didn't I didn't get much ice, but for some reason when I went to Sheffield, I was a regular on the third line, and I just remember the hatred coming from the, the Sheffield <laughs> crowd towards it, even in, um, even in warm-up, and I always wondered what would it feel like to be on the flip side, you know, as, as a home player. Obviously, they're just pouring out the love for, for the for the home team, but on the when you're in the away team, it's like, wow, how, how hostile is this place? Yeah. No, they. I think the Boomerang Corner do a real good job where they get the atmosphere going and they do really get behind everybody and it is a big difference. I feel like Sheffield, it's a bit more, you know, there's not necessarily just sort of like one section that gets everybody going. Maybe with these, but I didn't really notice. The um, tear up the GB a little bit, Davey. You know, obviously, you know, there's been the World Championships in the last couple of years. It must be a fantastic sort of, because, you know, you've, you play, you've played AHL, you've played in Europe, you know, you've played, you know, as as Marty mentioned, you know, Manchester, Sheffield, hold them and ourselves and likes. But playing in the World Championships and playing those big games, there must be a real rush from it. Yeah, it was it was mad to be honest. That first year, it was uh, even just when we first got promoted, we kind of I won't say we laughed or joked about it, but like when I first started GB, it was like it was like a dream, honestly. Yeah, and. When I first started, if someone said we would have finally get promoted, like you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have believed it. But all them years, we just kept chipping away. We kind of we kind of went gradually was improving, going in the right direction. Then we had a bit of a big drop off, and then we slowly started to steadily build again. And then to finally do it was surreal. But then it comes around. The world championship come around at the top group, and it's like, oh, we are we are actually doing it. We are, yeah, we are actually going. And there's players you don't obviously think about getting injured and stuff, but I do. I remember everybody the weeks, months leading up to that championships. Everyone was like, God, play just not to get injured because no one wanted to miss it. And so yeah, when we when we get there, we had a 
camp in Slovakia. And it was like a really small town where we was. And every time I was at the rink, like their season had finished, and no one was in the rink. And it was kind of a bit strange, really, not seeing anybody. And then we get to Kazice where the championships was held. And then it was like, whoa, there was the TV um, vans like everywhere, like loads of them. Um, military guards at the hotel stood at the doors with like proper guns. Oh my God, this, this is for us. <laughs> and all the good teams weren't even in our hotel. It was only us and like one or two of the lower teams. Police escorts to games going through blue um, red lights and stuff. And I, I don't know. I didn't like that. I thought it was a bit embarrassing. I was like, <laughs> you just want to keep a we, we, don't, we don't need that. What if some old poor granny to get in mugged or something? And the police are <laughs> us to a game. Not even that far down the road as well. But yeah, yeah, we, yeah we, go, we go to the arena for the first day and you couldn't have made it up. Canada was on the ice practicing. So obviously when the first time you get to the rink, you go straight to look at the ice. And Canada was on the ice and was honestly all just like, oh, we have, to, we have to play those lads. Yeah. And um, that guy from TSN, oh, what was his name? God Miller. Yeah. It's real funny because I didn't know who he was, but I recognised his voice and I was like, and he's real friendly. He was talking to all of us, probably like um, making us, just making conversation with us all real friendly. I was like, I'm sure I recognise his voice from somewhere. And then someone's like, you're joking, it's um, God Miller off to TSN. <laughs> yeah, and then we was just down the corridor, next changing room along for, for Canada. So every time we walked to our dressing room, we had to walk past theirs. And you couldn't help it every time the door was open, you'd just be like... Just <laughs> 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 and having a nosy. But yeah, I know I went on a bit of a rant there, but it was my no, And then same once, once the game started... <clears throat> I did think we might be like it's got that potential to be a bit starstruck and a bit in awe of them, but it's weird. Like once the game starts, it's just like any other game. Like yeah. they're just ice hockey players. They're just very, very good at it and very, very rich. But it's not like, <laughs> it's not like the game's going on and you're like, oh, that's Patrick Kane. Like it's just some five foot eight guy who's got ridiculous hands. So, but then. You know, to give you your juice, you, know, you went from Belfast and went to the AHL with Rockford. Then you bounced about a bit with regards to you know Toledo and those. so when you made that jump to the AHL and jumping from the elite league, let's make no bones about it. To jump from the elite league to the AHL and get the the, the opportunity you got at Rockford, you must have had designs on the fact that if I play well here, I could get called up. You know, look what when I was in the AHL, yeah. I, th I think I was a bit, looking back, like real naive to it because I kind of, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know what I was like getting myself into or nothing. Like NHL wasn't even really that big on the TV over here, do you know, with like how accessible it is now with the internet and Game Centre and YouTube and stuff. And I didn't even really know that much NHL players. And I had that many people like before I went telling me because I signed a AHL East Coast like two way deal. The only thing anyone ever spoke to me, I remember um, Todd doing it when we were skating in the summer, Kelman, and he was like, um, he kept talking about Toledo because that was the affiliate team that I'd signed with too. 
and he went to university near there and he just kept talking about Toledo and then after a bit I kept on thinking it was like not a dig but kind of like he's expecting me just to be in the East Coast League and I kind of was like I said to it like I'm gonna be in the HL like I just got mad and it wasn't in like a cocky way it was kind of like what I needed to do in my own brain to kind of like tell myself that's your goal like don't just mentally accept that's what it's going to be yeah yes when I got there I was like I'm going to try and make this team I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this team and then I I made it and then not like I thought that was it but I thought I just thought the NHL was so far-fetched to be honest but I wish I had a bit more of the mentality not like I would have but that it is anything's doable in it if you have to I think it's all if you have the right mindset was there anybody in that um, AHL team that season went on to do anything? Uh, yeah, the goalie was Corey Crawford. Crawford. He was Corey really Crawford. good, yeah. So probably him and then Brian Bickle, he won a cup as well with the Blackhawks. And then he had to retire through through a medical condition. But those, yeah, those was like um, the only two really... Yeah, Akim, what do you call it? Akim. Akim Alu. Alu, he was obviously. I was there the for that whole incident. Yeah. With the coach and the racial oh. slayer. Yeah. Which was interesting. An interesting yeah. experience. Yeah. Listen, let's, well, let's, let's steer away from that because we want to be a non controversial podcast. But um, I want to talk about um, really quickly about the mentality of. Being the class joker, if you like, any players that come on here and you go, who's the funniest in the locker room? Who's the locker room joker? Obviously, your name comes up quite a lot. And as you came up through the ranks as a young lad, that was probably a real natural exuberance of youth and something. Now you're one of the more the veteran guys and you're still doing that. Is that kind of a role as well? That So especially now, you talked about being stuck in one here at the minute. You'd have to take that role seriously. You've got to keep things light in the locker room. So... Even when maybe you're not feeling it, you've got to go in and be that guy. I've just been myself. It's yeah, just, never even yeah. thought about it. I think I've just always, yeah, whether, yeah, I don't know, just always been the same. Um, I always think one good thing I do is know when to, I wouldn't say be serious because I, I wouldn't even class it as that. I just think. There's a time to laugh and joke and there's a time to be serious and you've got to know when to get your game head on and it's time to play. There you go. That was a less deep answer than I was expecting on that one. <laughs> no, there's times to be loose, isn't there? But yeah. There's times yeah. I, I just think once kind of get to the rink for a game might be a little bit laughy, jokey, but I think once it's I have so once I start warming up, doing my off ice warm up, that's like me knowing it's game time. Get ready mentally. <laughs> so obviously yesterday off, back to work today. Adam said it was going to be a tough day, so I'm, I'm sure you're feeling it now. We don't want to keep you much longer, but big weekend coming up, David. Yeah, the, every week, every weekend's yeah. a big weekend, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I know, yeah, it's more so because we're playing Sheffield, yeah. but and as well because the run of form are on, but you can't have too many losses in this league, but I, they're all big weeks. So I always try and do it. doesn't matter who you're playing. You've just got to have the same 
attitude and mindset. And I, I said it a bit on um, in Guildford on Sunday. I was like, we need to have that mindset, like we're playing Paradip Beach or whatever it was called, you know, that at home. Like, just imagine we're playing them. It's, yeah. It's the exact same. It's the exact same game. Like, nothing changes. But we've got to have that mentality. Can't just flick it on and off as if that's. Tell me, Guildford, we played, we beat them here at home before. Like, no. Yeah. Sorry. Well, before before we go back to Paddy for probably a close night, I've seen a question here on the on, from the from the web page. Um, Tom Barrasso obviously installed into the Hall of Fame there at the weekend. He, oh, he, yeah, just speech. Today. he, ne- he never mentioned you in his speech, but uh, someone's asked here, What Did was he it like under Tom? No, he never oh, said text, a word about it. I'll you. text him now and ask <laughs> Well, let me just text him. <laughs> All right, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what, what was he like to play are. on there? Because obviously we've seen a few interviews he did. Uh, I think it was quite a good one. Um, clan, God, Sheffield, six 0 when he he came out and just called about every player on the on the roster, right? And he had a few. Obviously, when he came to Belfast, they didn't even appear for the interview, so he was quite a character, I, I would assume. We we had a terrible team that season, and he actually did well to get us to what we was with what we had because we was rubbish. Over the course of a season, we finished eighth, and that ain't by you finish where you finish for a reason. And then I liked him. He, he, he was like military, like as in drill sergeant, the way like he spoke and stuff, like proper military. Practices was like real hard, but good. But I, yeah, I really liked him. It was all, and then I. I I broke my wrist against Belfast and my wife was oh, yeah. due to be pregnant like the following week and my arm was in casts and he's and he just said just come due back to give, and... due to give, due to give birth the next week David. <laughs> or due to get yeah. pregnant the next week <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what yeah she give birth yeah give birth oh, next week. but he just said to me and I was driving from all so it was like 45, 50 minutes every day. And he was just like, just come back when you've got your cast off because you, you've got a broken wrist anyway. There's no point coming to practice every day. And um, yeah, just spend this time with your family that you're you you know you're never going to get back and your wife needs you more than we do at the minute. It was actually real nice because not a lot of coaches would have done that. And I, I know he came across as like a bit of, I don't know what the best word is, but he, he did have he did have a human side to him that not a lot of people got to saw really. I would say in his in his Hall of Fame induction speech, he came across like a family first guy. Yeah, referenced yeah. his family so many times. He had he had a sick child of his own. Yeah, suffered badly with cancer as she was growing up, and he was very grateful to the doctors and the surgeons. And his his speech was a real it was a real good speech. Like yeah, because honestly, not a lot of coaches have done that. They, sometimes they'll just have the attitude as like, well, we're still paying you, so you still need to turn up every day, even if you're not practicing. You still got to show up. And he just said, "See you in six weeks," pretty much. Yeah, that's great. Fair enough. It was nice. One last, one, one last question for me, David. Before we, we let you go, we really do appreciate your time. How's Kevin? Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's a jujitsu expert now. Is he because he played? He played to play in Hull, didn't he? And then he did a bit of a assistant coaching at Hull, but he's he stepped away from the game altogether. Yeah, once COVID thing, he just 
getting back, he was like, oh, no, I just think that's it for me. And then just got into doing, getting people in chokeholds and armbars and stuff and <laughs> loves that. But I think it's a good um, transition, you know, like people miss the dressing room and that competitiveness. Yes. And doing that is the Jimmy does it. At, it's like similar age people and good group of lads. So it kind of keeps him sort of similar sort of locker room. And you know what I mean? But I I'm going to ask a follow up on that because we have been talking about um, mental health and, and players coming towards the end of their careers and stuff. I'm not suggesting for one minute that you don't have another 10 years in the locker, but let's look beyond. The I thought game. you were going to say there's something wrong with my health, and I was like, I've known it for years, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, so Kevin has taken a step away from hockey, and he's found that thing. Have you thought at all beyond the next game, let alone the next season or or retirement? What do yeah, you do? I think you always think about it, like not retiring, but like as in, oh, it'll be weird the one day when you're not playing anymore. Um, I kind of find sometimes people when they know it's going to be the last year or two, they like really start to hate the game. But they do it on purpose, if that makes sense, because it makes it easy for them to retire. Because it's, you know, if I, I don't know if it's making sense. but they, it, do, if, it does make sense because I'm struggling to start. Practice, like if you get in the yeah. mindset, of like your last year you're playing, like oh, I get coming to practice, or I hate doing the away games and the bus trips and that. It kind of like mentally makes them brainwash yeah. themselves like, oh, I just did it, I can't do it anymore. And it makes it easier for them to retire. But if you still love right. going to practice and still love being on the bus and all that that comes with it, but your body doesn't let you do it anymore, I think that's tough for your mind to be like, you still love it, but you just, your bodies can't do it anymore. You know, if, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but they. yeah, it would be weird. You know what I mean? Like, You've done it all your life, haven't you, since you was a kid? So what comes next? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think you just got to stay busy, but I couldn't coach. I couldn't do coaching. I could have maybe coach kids, but I don't like kids either. <laughs> I think I think she'd do on the flip on the flip side. I think she'd embrace it. I think um because when you do hang them up, you'll be looking back, missing it so much. So I'm doing yeah, a job Phillips, I'm just going voice of experience. I'm just going yeah. as long as I can. Yeah, yeah, just just embrace the body. He's like, well, Even if he's to go around on a sledge, I'll be just in my sledge like this. <laughs> if my legs ain't working anymore. Davey, listen, really appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend against um, Sheffield and Manchester. Maybe we'll catch up with you again later in the I season. I stand a bit longer if you want. Oh, listen, that's it'd be great. We've got, we've got, we've got Matt in the wings. <laughs> You've had enough from the end, yeah. Because once I get talking, I don't stop. Oh, mate, it's been brilliant, but we'll, but we'll get you back <laughs> on again. Don't worry. If, you, if you've enjoyed it that much, we'll bring you back on again. No I don't like my, the sound of my own voice, but once I get going, honestly, there's no stopping. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. All right, thanks for having me. Thanks, sir. Take care. Same time doing. next week. Same time next week, mate. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> big thanks to Davy Phillips for his time oh, great character and you know I say his AHL career and stuff like that it's not not to be sniffed at the way that you did there but listen let's batter ahead a man's been patiently waiting in the background we mentioned him earlier on because the last time the Belfast Giants had a zero point weekend he was the architect behind it when the Manchester Storm came in last season 
and took all four points away from the Giants. We're back in Altrium this weekend and delighted to be joined by the head coach of the Manchester Storm, of course, Matt Ginn. Thanks for hey guys, Thanks for having me. Thanks for that, Joyce. Um, so obviously coming back, we had the game last weekend, oh, sorry, weekend before against you boys in Aldrium, successful for the Giants. What did you learn from that game? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we we weren't at our best that game, I didn't think. I mean, anytime you play Belfast, it's going to be a tough game. And um, we had uh, we had a big win there the night before in Cardiff, played very well. And um, the travel back from that is, isn't really too bad, but we got back and I just, I thought we were a step behind kind of all night. I thought Belfast came out fast and um, played well in our rink. And we just, I don't know, we're a little lifeless compared to um, what, what the games that we had some success in earlier. And um, it was maybe a bit of a, a bit of a learning curve there, a wake up call that um, you have to, you have to kind of bring it every night. I mean, can't get too high there. It was a big win in Cardiff, but you had to kind of re- refresh. And um, I just don't think we were able to match, uh, match what they brought and um, hopefully have a, a different result this weekend. How have you feeling the season's gone, the opening exchanges of the season? Obviously, you know, you've had sort of some really good, well, you mentioned the win in Cardiff uh, and you've had some really good you know, battling wins, but then, you know, obviously coming hand in hand with some disappointing defeats. Do you feel your team are getting to where you want them to be? Yeah, it's been a, a pretty solid start. I mean, I think we're, what, five, three and two in the league and um, we've been on the road a lot, played kind of teams that are, are generally near the near the top of the standing so um shouldn't be a surprise uh anymore for the guys any of the teams but i think this year especially compared to others um like there's there's no easy nights um you look at right through the league it's it's uh tight for a reason and uh there's there's a lot of good players a lot of good teams um and yeah but overall like we're we're pretty happy with where we are um i think Every game we we've been in, um, I think there's been a, the odd Challenge Cup game where where we haven't been great and lost. I think, yeah, pretty handily there to Sheffield once. But other than that, I think we've been in every game, and um, obviously our goalie's been very good and um, as a as a key part of that. But I think overall, like the big improvement from last year is just the team defense. Um, we don't give up as much, and um, which is good because we're uh, we're not exactly filling the net right now to start the year. So um, most of the games we're in are kind of one or two goal games. And um, there hasn't, it's been a battle every night, which I, th- I think is good. And it's kind of par for the course throughout the league. Coach, is there a, I guess every coach will be searching for that consistency, maybe putting a little streak together. It's, it seems to be one good result, maybe one not so good, one good result, you know, just strive for that sort of more level. Yeah, I think so. I, you talk to every coach, you'd like to like consistency, like you said, throughout uh, every weekend. Um, I think the big thing is you have to, you're not going to be at your best every game. And that was kind of the message uh, after that Belfast game. Like some guys, you're not, it's a long year. It's a tough year. You're, you're not going to be at your best every night, but you have to be able to bring something and contribute something to help the team win. And um, I think for the most, we're just a team, the way we're built, we need everybody. Um and like we don't kind of have that one one superstar or anything like that just kind of rely on our depth and um I, I don't know if we've had everybody going at once so far this year so we're hopefully can put that together and again yeah like you said kind of go on a run um we've had like you said maybe a couple steps back and then have a or a couple steps forward and then have a step back and um just kind of yeah try and find that consistency in our game night in night out hi Matt uh, nice nice to speak with you um I just want to touch on your your home games. Um, you've had a bit of a mixed bag. 
of results. And I'm just wondering, do you feel that it's actually becoming tougher to play at home? Because the opposition, they don't just prep to play the Manchester Storm. They also prep to play in the Storm Shelter, which is obviously the smaller ice pad. Do you feel that they're putting a little more effort into their training throughout the week just to focus on that element? Um, I don't know if it's tougher because we uh, we have the luxury of practicing there all every day during the week. But I think it does it takes some time to get used to what what uh, makes you successful there, and it, it really is ugly straight line hockey. There's nowhere to hide. Um, there's bounces all over the place. Uh, you'd be hard pressed to to try and uh, know where any pucks going off the end boards. I know the first goal that uh, Longer got against us there last game was. I don't know if you you ever see a true bounce like that in the, in the rink. The guys are saying they haven't <clears throat> haven't seen one all year. But um, again, Longer was <clears throat> excuse me, Longer uh, he knows that rink as well, so he must have uh, must have known where it was coming. But no, it's it's a uh, it's a game. It just takes some getting used to. Like what makes you successful there? Like you said, we we've had some uh, good showings there. We've had some bad games, but I, I think of the games where we struggle or. Um, kind of the one where Belfast came in and we were just, I think we a little almost lifeless. Um, you have to have to play with emotion. You have to be physical. Um, you can't can't hide anywhere out there. And um, it's you know, I think we can do a better job of getting pucks and bodies to the net, um, especially in that rink. It, it causes chaos and um, you, you never know pucks are going to bounce. And even that game, I think like longer had the first one off the boards. There was one that hit a stick and went up in the air and over like it, it's games that those bounces are going to happen. But I think, I don't know if in that game, if we, uh, if we worked hard enough to earn those bounces. So um, again, that's kind of the message is our, I think our road forms actually been better uh, than our home form. Um, and obviously you have to win, win games at home. So it's just kind of going back to basics and um, I don't think it's all going to change in, in one day, but just kind of preach what, what uh, makes us successful at home um, and and go from there. Well, I, I just also, I wanted to touch, I do believe that um, all of the teams in the Elite League actually prepare the most for the Manchester Storm because they prepare to play you guys in your own barn, but then they've got to then come up against the Manchester Storm in the home arena, which is then, you know, your style then is different in the larger ice pads. Is on yourselves, so maybe a, you know, maybe you are feeling the pressure a little bit on that because you're the most focused team. Yeah, I, I mean, I think teams prepare for everyone now. I don't think we're any uh, any special that way, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that teams kind of come in and they they'll definitely do some some different drills and stuff to prepare for the rink. But um, yeah, it's it's something that we uh, by now we're what uh, almost two months into the year. Guys should know what what works and what doesn't there. And um, you always hear coaches talk about it and myself included about taking care of the puck and like turnovers in the neutral zone and all that, that coach talk that's, that's just amplified even more in our rink. You talk about you know, the players you brought in and stuff, Matt, and you, know, you talk about like get big game mentality and people who have big game mentality. Joe Morrow, he's come in with a reputation, NHL reputation, KHL reputation, Davos. What is he bringing to the locker room? Well, just that experience, like you say, he's played in the top leagues in the world. Um, first and foremost, though, he's a, he's an awesome down-to-earth guy. Um, he, he really enjoys it here, and the guys really enjoy him. Um, he doesn't have kind of that arrogance of, of playing in those leagues. He's he's very level-headed, down-to-earth, very receptive, and he, he's just he's fit right in with our group. 
Um, I think this year, you always say you look for look for good guys and good teammates, and I, I think this year we we did a good job um, recruiting that way. Um, it's a really close group, and we we weren't worried bringing Joe in at all. I knew him actually a little bit from uh, when I was in the Boston organization there in camp during training camp. Uh, I, I was one of the high numbers where you have no chance of making the team, but yeah, he, he was on Boston at that time. So I, I remember him there a little bit. He says he remembers me. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, uh, no, but he, he's been great. Um, I think Matt Murphy, they are on D as well. We brought them in around the same time. Um, he, he's been excellent for us too. Um, big guy who can skate and um, as again, as a winning pedigree, he's played in some top leagues. So. I find that interesting, especially like, you know, you're in your second year of coaching, full-time coaching in regards to, and we we heard there, Davey Phillips not that long ago, speaking about, you no, know, he doesn't think he'll move into coaching. He doesn't think he has the mentality to it. You've you've made that jump. You've pushed into coaching, but then you're bringing in a guy and you, you mentioned him, the fact that, you know, in, in the Boston organization and the camps there and stuff, and you know the career he's been on. Now you're theoretically his boss. You're now the guy who you, who's given him the instructions. Is that a difficult mindset to have, or is that just something? Listen, this is the game. I'm in charge here. Yeah, no, I think uh, he, like I said, he's come in with a great attitude too. He's made it very easy. Um, I, I, I'm in the second year now, so maybe last year it might have been a, a little bit different. But um, the kind of yeah, it's I'm the coach or the players, but um, I try and have a relationship, obviously, with everybody off the ice as well, and. Um, I, I think Joe's been great. Um, I, I, he's very easy to coach to and talk and um, bounce ideas back and forth to. Um, I think it's definitely a two-way street with that. Matt, did you see yourself whenever you signed here? I, I can't remember who would have been, who would have, was it Finner maybe that brought you to Manchester? I can't remember who yeah. brought you to Manchester in, in 2018 or whatever. Would you have seen yourself here? What is that, 2018, five, six, going on six years later? probably fairly settled as the head coach of an elite league team? I, I'm not sure I would have said that, no. Uh, I was, it was my first year over in Europe, and um, I was coming off a year where I didn't uh, barely played at all. Like, I had hip surgery there in, in November, so I made, played maybe a month, and um, I was just looking to kind of make a change and, and head overseas and play and just kind of take it one year at a time, and then um, that rolls into another year and another, and then uh, obviously the unfortunate – injury setback and uh, just kind of I was lucky with the the timing and the opportunity that Finner gave me he was looking to move out of uh, the coaching side of things too and I think it's been uh, it was just kind of uh, I don't know the perfect storm I guess if you want to say it of uh, things falling into place and then obviously having them around now uh, maybe too much my wife says is uh, is great as well to bounce ideas off and um, have them around he, he did kind of the same thing so um, it's it's been great. Like I, I would assume that uh, early thirties, aren't you? That, that I assume that the idea would have still probably been to be playing now. Yeah, I, I was hoping so. <laughs> like having that, we were talking to Davey towards the end there about the psychology of of getting towards retirement and beyond. Was coaching always something you wanted to go into? Did just come at the perfect time you wanted to stay involved in the game? Yeah, I wanted to stay involved somehow. I was probably leaning towards coaching um like you said not kind of that uh, abruptly or anything but um when it was kind of met that specialist and he said it was it was done kind of thing you you start kind of thinking down the road after the first 
couple of days of a pity party there and um, thinking ahead. But no, I, I it was something that was always kind of in the back of my mind. Um, and then, like I said, just kind of fortunately, uh, things worked out and uh, it's, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. If I can take you back to that pity party, and I don't want to make this a morbid kind of thing, how difficult was that to have the your, I'm not going to say your life snatched away, you know what I mean by that? It's almost when you're a hockey player and it's it's your identity, you were a hockey player, and all of a sudden that's just removed from you, and yes, you were able to stay in the game, but how difficult was that sitting in that doctor's office when he went, this is it, it's over? Yeah, well, it was... I, I don't want to say I knew it was coming. I knew it wasn't going to be like great news. I figured it was just kind of another surgery and, and be back or kind of see, but um, yeah, it was, uh, I think my, I got home and my wife had a couple of balls of wine or some, some whiskey or something lined up, but no, it was, I mean, it, I don't know. I could kind of like, I was surprised, but not, not totally surprised, I guess, in a way, if that makes sense that I like, you knew something was bad or something was wrong. And um but it, it just kind of felt like the same thing all over again. So um, at that point, I was, I don't know, you're looking at a couple of years. And I, I kind of had an idea that it was uh, it was not going to be great. I could go on about this. We'll talk some other time about that because I'm fascinated by the, the, the sort of the mindset of how you move beyond that. But you've obviously gone into very successfully coaching. Yeah, so the, we'll, the, we'll talk another time about it. Just, yeah, the last thing about that is just like, Right away, Finner uh, like had me kind of come into the rink and even just hanging out with him, and then it kind of transitioned more where like he, uh, I think we talked whether I wanted to get into coaching, um, and then it kind of transitioned into him giving me like little things to do, um, and then I think I ended up running kind of the power play and just kind of more responsibility as the year went on. So it, it worked out almost a great like transition. Uh, time for me to get into the into the coaching full-time the next year instead of just kind of being thrown into the deep end uh, to, to sink or swim. Um, just to round this, sort of round this up, Matt, and I appreciate, we really appreciate your time. Um, my friends here know that when the Belfast Giants come to Manchester, I'm always really excited and to, just constantly tell them that the big team are coming to town. Um, and, you know, this weekend, the big team are coming to town, but there's a much more important thing going on on Saturday. How much, you know, the, the Adam the Adam Johnson Memorial game that's taking place in Nottingham, it's such, it's a major event because Nottingham are obviously trying to get, to not I, I mean this with all due respect, they're trying to move past events that happened to try to find a way forward how important is it for you guys to be part of that game yeah when uh it was a no-brainer for us like when i think finner was talking with passion and it got brought up and it was, it was an immediate yes from us like it's it's an honor to to even be involved in the game um like i think i said we're, we're humbled to be a part of it and it's uh definitely a memory that the guys will think about after their career um ends it's it's bigger than the game. It just kind of, I think there, it's been sold out since day one, I think there for the rink and um, everybody wants to be a part of it. It's, um, it's one where you go in and, and, and have fun. Like guys enjoy it. It's going to be an emotional, um, just kind of put in a show. It's probably the first time back in the rink for a lot of the fans too. And um, we want them to enjoy it. And I think, uh, I've seen online fans talking about mixing and mingling and sitting wherever. And I, I think that's great too, just to get back and, and enjoy the game of hockey that, that everybody loves. And um, like I said, it's, it's bigger than the game. Um, you can, 
you see all the tributes and it, it doesn't make it any easier watching them after the first one to the the fifth or sixth time you see it it's still tough and it's it was such a heartbreaking uh accident event there at the incident and um you just deepest sympathies and condolences go out to the Johnson family and um hopefully they can uh are able to watch the game and and enjoy it and just kind of watch and enjoy the game that that Adam loved and was was so talented at as well I think you know, following the event, the, the, there's a credit that goes right across the elite league for the way that the organ, a lot of organisations in the league itself approached it. But a lot of credit also has to go to the, the Manchester Storm from my point of view, because you know we were obviously the first game in there and the invites that went out to sort of bring in. And in the away block, we were surrounded by Nottingham fans, Sheffield fans, guys who you came to watch a game of hockey because obviously their teams weren't playing. And the attitude of the Storm fans and the welcomeness of the Storm fans who sort of sat amongst them, came and chatted to a lot of them. It was it was heartwarming because you know we are a small community. It is a minority sport in this league, and we are a small community. And you know, when we all get together playoff weekend, you can see how much the fans enjoy being around each other. And while we may be at each other's throats and trying you know trying to get at each other weekend week out on the uh, on the internet and at games, you know, ultimate ultimately. You know, we are you know we are a small community. I thought the way that you guys handled it and the way that that game was handled was was fantastic. Yeah, no, I think uh, well, it's easy. Everybody's used to booing us anyway, so they can do it together. But uh, no, I, I think you said it, the hockey world is it. It's a small world. You you can talk back. Who knows who through these guys, this guy, and I think it really uh, it it. The one thing is the incident united kind of the the whole hockey community, I think, and um, it was kind of heartwarming to see the the support through the world, um, across the world, across the hockey world, and like I said, kind of united everybody. And um, some things are obviously bigger than the game, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely an honor to be a part of uh, this weekend. Uh, this week, and then obviously there on Sunday. I'm not going to leave. We're going to hold, leave it there. But you know, the big team are in town on Sunday, so no doubt you'll be prepared for that game. Matt, listen, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, and uh, you know, I hope we all hope that the uh, the the Johnson game on Saturday goes really well. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I'll see you, uh, probably all on Sunday. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Yep. Thanks. thanks. Thank you. Big thanks to Matt Ginn for joining us. Always great having him on the show. Really, really. Good guy, and um, yeah, it, uh, do you know what I, I meant? What I said there, like the, the atmosphere, you know, the way that the storm handled. Obviously, the memorials right across the league were fantastically done, and sort of the the, the video that came from um, so the work of Neil and stuff, and that went right around the league. But the storm, the way they handled bringing in like the Nottingham fans and the, and the Sheffield fans was was a wonderful part of what was a very difficult weekend, not just for the those two teams, but for a lot of fans trying to get back into the rink. And I know that when I brought my own kids, that they were they noticed that they were you know why why are the why are their fans there were in orange and why are the fans there were in black because that's not their team, and you, you try to shield them from you know the. the, the the real reasons behind it, but they they were very much uh, engaging in the fact that you know the hockey community community was together in that, and it's a credit to the Storm organization of the way that they and the wider league handled the whole thing. So we do wish everybody well with the Adam Johnson Memorial Game, um, gents. Let's get back to a bit of business here and a bit of news because um, we have some uh, the Department of Player Safety. That's failure. Very loud, I don't know. Um, Johnny Walker. 
Johnny Walker, indeed, for the uh, for the Dundee Stars, has been suspended three games for elbowing. Let's have a bit of the video here. Mm. Yeah, right. Um, it was a game against the Five Flyers. Let's uh, let's fire this forward a little bit because obviously we get here we are here to start well midway through the third period, and it comes up pretty quickly. Um, Davey. Your thoughts? If he hadn't had the prior one this season, look, well, I guess that's the whole point of having priors. You, you get more. I'm unconvinced this is a three-game ban. Much as I am absolutely against any hits to the head and stuff, but I'm just unconvinced by this completely. You see it here. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's going for the battle for the clean ice, but that's not elbow to chin or anything there like in my opinion I, I think he's been he almost catches the the, the shoulder pad. he knows what he's doing he's going for the empty ice he's stopping him natural reaction is to lift that elbow you can't do it you can't do it but i don't think it's a three game ban for me it is, i'll just give you a bit of a quote marty from what it says in dops it says the video shows the teams are lined up at center ice um, stars win the face off. Walker spins in front of Osterberg and in an attempt to take away his skating lane, uh, Osterberg attempts to skate directly past Walker, who raises his arm and extends his elbow into Osterberg's head, knocking him on, mock, knocking him to the ice. This is elbowing. They also say it's important to note on this play that Osberg is not in possession of the puck and ineligible, ineligible to be hit. While Walker is entitled to hold his ice, Osterberg skating past him. Instead of keeping his elbow tucked tightly to his chest or body, he extends it up. Uh, um, what causes play to rise in level of the supplementary discipline is Walker's significant extension of his elbow upwards and direct to the head uh, combined with the force of the blow on a non-puck carrier. Uh, he's previously been suspended for an illegal check to the head against Manchester. Your thoughts, Marty? Yeah, it's the intent. I agree with David. It doesn't look like there is a clean contact there, but he, Walker knows what he's doing. He, he He's not involved in the play. Like he has a little smirk in that picture as well. Yeah, just he tries to get away with with, with these things, and he's getting caught out. He, you had a, a you had a, you had a gripe about him on the webcast, is what I remember. I had a gripe about him on the webcast. I had a gripe when I was last on with regards to the the check into the head, mm -hmm. and and now he, he he's doing this, you know. He, He's tr he's trying to get him in the face, and then uh, who was the five player that went down? He he's made a bit of a meal of it, you know. Osprey is he's made. Let's be honest, he's made a bit of a meal with it as well. Um, going yeah. down, you know, in that, that that dramatic fashion. But Johnny Johnny Warriors got to be careful. He's going to come up against the wrong guy some game, and and he he'll think twice about what he's actually doing out in the ice against all these various teams in the elite league. I'm a, more of a Lefroy fan anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good, good show. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, elbowing three games uh, effective immediately uh, against Dundee. Right. Let's have a bit of, um, of, of throw up the, uh, the goals of the week and I will share with you a little bit of the news. Um, it was, well, I was just, of course, I'm having a bit of a nightmare tonight. Let's just make sure that this gets done correctly. Uh, 
what to sound. <laughs> Listen, we said, said the Sheffield returned the action this weekend, which is great to see. Um, in the league, they took a 2-1 overtime victory over the Blaze. Um, the other game, as we said, will return this weekend uh, with the Adam Johnson Memorial game at the arena against the Manchester Storm. We've just discussed that with Matt Gim. Um, on Saturday, Clan were leading 5-2 going into the last 15 minutes at home to the Flyers, but conspired to lose 6-5 in a shootout. Um, Cardiff had a full four points, uh, having scraped by Manchester in overtime at home. Uh, and the Stars put points on the board in um, in the league over the Flyers on Friday night. The, the final game of our cup group saw the Stars run out 6-2 over the clan, with friend of the show Mark Lefebvre being caught in the hot mic, uh, given his opinions. Uh, on the on this opponents, um, Steelers defeated the Storm in Aldrium, and Flames took a two point win in overtime over Coventry. Uh, in the Challenge Cup, Nottingham have decided that they will now pull out of the Challenge Cup, which more or less has had sympathy from from everybody. That leaves Sheffield and Manchester as two teams in that uh, in that group. I assume they both will qualify, but we'll see where it goes from there. But I, I think regardless of the costs, I think that the, is a correct decision from Nottingham, who are now trying to look to return to elite league action, beginning with uh, this uh, exhibition memorial game on Saturday night. Um, Clan, I just want to chat, gents. Um, I'll start with you, Davey. What's the issue with the, with the Glasgow clan? It's just impossible to say. Funny, we spoke to their coach when he was on a few weeks ago yeah. about that is a a big process, a project. I was going to say a process, but a project. And he admitted that himself. Coming in, they've had a revolving door policy around coaching for a, for a long, long time. They've never had a real settled, we've got a three-year plan here. I don't know whether you can have a three-year plan in the elite league if that makes sense, but you've got they've got to build something stronger. They've got to put foundations down, and if that's to say, less coach, we're not really going to KPI you on what you do this season. We're going to KPI you over three years. You know where this is where we want to be at the top of the league in three years. We want to hoist a banner in three years. Should it be a Challenge Cup? Should it be a playoff? Should it be a league? You, you know the conferences are gone, but we need to do something. We need to make progression. So. What is progression on last year? Well, progression on last year is probably qualifying for the playoffs, um, getting through the, the, the Challenge Cup group. Um, progression then the following year is making the semi-finals of Cup, I don't know, or being top six. I think there's a battle for everyone to think that they've got to be top of the league, but they've got to come up with a hockey system that isn't going to throw away a lead like that. That's professionalism as well. Those players shouldn't throw points away from that position but I think that clan fans were patient last year considering the turmoil off the ice last year they have to be equally patient this year that this is the start this is just the first step in the journey to try and get them to where they want to be they can throw this coach under the bus and they can put a new coach in there's obviously high profile coaches now have been made uh, available I see his name on Twitter today what a signing this would be Stick with what you believe in, with what the people that have recruited this summer, and allow him time to develop into what that club could be. It's difficult, Marty, isn't it? It's the fact that you know, as Davy says, they are they've got the new ownership, they've got the new coach, they've got a lot of new players. I see that Jordan Brace is now gone on a full time in the NIHL, and where he was sort of on a two way. So they're trying to make you. I don't think that's a good loss to them. Clan fans may disagree with me. I think Brayson's a good player, but you know, and I think that you know there are changes that need made. But 
just because you've got a brand new owner doesn't mean you're going to have instant success. No, I, I think <clears throat> I think they set the bar too high at the start. Divi Divi did touch on that. Um, but everyone was more or less saying, "Oh, they're, they're going to be top four. They're going to be you know bringing bringing back a bit of glory." And I just think it, it went far too fast. It, it should have just been baby steps and. I think I'm right in saying the coach, this is his first year in the league. And I think his assistant coach, it's his first year in the league as well. So they need to adapt as well to the, the running of, of the of the league. I mean, I know that I know the captain, he was he kind of filled in as coach last year. I know he'll be mitigating with them and, and obviously trying to help out to a certain extent, but they just need, yeah, they just need to slow it down, just buy in and, and progress slowly. You know, you've got Murph there. He's, he spoke positively on what they're trying to do and what they're, they're trying to set up. But the, the fans, they, they've got a lot of people who have bought in, bought season tickets. The fans need to stick with them, support and, and believe in the process that they need to do going forward. We have the, the clan in a couple of weeks, so uh, maybe we'll see if we can get Murph on or somebody to chat about where they're going after after this week. Then that's got past. With regards to the Belfast Giants, it is another – It's um, I see that Davy Phillips give the old Gary Jackson, which is uh, – it's always a big weekend. Uh, it's a big weekend for the Belfast Giants, two on the road. Sheffield away uh, on Saturday at 7 p.m. at Sheffield Arena uh, on Steers TV, and the big team are in town in Manchester – and Sunday at half five in Aldrigham. Sheffield is currently leading the elite lead, David. I know you don't like this, but this is a big, I know you don't like this part of the show. This is a big weekend. The Belfast Giants are looking to bounce back. And without getting into all the cliches, how important is it to go in and put a performance in in Sheffield? Adam Cape is going to, he said it in his, his post match the weekend. It was going to be a week of hard work. Davy Phillips said himself, whenever you're in one, you go back to basics. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of soul searching done by guys away from the rink, and there'll be a lot of hard work done at the rink this week. And I would say they'll be tuned in. You, they don't come any big games. Don't really come any bigger than you know away in Sheffield at the minute. They're top of the league. They're there to be shot at. They've got our title, and you know we are sorry. They're they're gunning for our title, and at the minute they sit on top, and we're gunning for them. So it's one of those. You just got to go and be ready. This is the the next biggest game the Belfast Giants will ever play is Saturday night. So you know got to be ready for it. Marty, you've been in the locker room in the Belfast Giants organization when we've gone and we're trying to get out of ruts like this. You know, is it about keeping things basic? Is it about keeping things focused? And, and especially we're going into games that you know maybe the fans see as being massive. Basic, then it's safe. One thing we know about the Belfast Giants, you know, they're always going to bring a battle. You know, the, the, the two games at home we had lost by one goal, it was a battle. You know, I've been on teams where you've been in a bit of a rut but the belief in, in the heart within the team they, they always speak about doing it for the fans doing it for the city so the morals are always right and we know they're going to bring they're going to bring their a game to sheffield on saturday night you know we've we've listened to adam there twice in the post-game interviews and he's now in, in kind of business mode wanting to step it up and step up the performances within the boys in that locker room 
those two games. Steelers away on Saturday, 7 p.m. at the uh, at Sheffield Arena. If you're not over there, Steelers TV. And then Storm away on Sunday, 5.30 p.m. in Altrium. And that will be on Storm TV. I'm just going to put up this comment from Jack Gurley. Just to say when the Cole, Cole Sanford shushed the Belfast crowd when he scored the winner. I don't think it's Cole Sanford learned this lesson from the end of last season when they played the pantomime villain and walked away with nothing. Let's just leave it at that. Um, any other business, boys? Marty, anything? I've just one that I noticed in the comments right at the start of the show. A guy called Daniel Gilmore said he was having a pretty bad day today, getting a bit of bullying. He's a bit down. So just keep your head up, kid. We're here. Anytime. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll have a wee chat or whatever. Don't let the bullies get you down. Stand up to them, son. You'll be all right. Good man. Absolutely. Here, here. Uh, Marty, anything from yourself? Um, oh, yeah. Gavin. <laughs> Gavin Murr. Gavin. He's, he's now Cal, Gavin Kelly. He's um, He's been helping out the Giants and, and training. You know, stepping in, obviously, with Jackson Missile being injured and, and Andrew Dixon. Um, he plays in my uh, my rack team for the, the Belfast Renegades. So he's um, he's enjoying it there. And uh, I think um, he, he's worth a shout for stepping in and, and obviously letting the boys rip a few one-timers and uh, doing the extra shooting practice there at the end of the session. So fair play to him. I'm sure he's getting all the experience um, with the team. No. Good for him. Absolutely. Well done, Gav. Good man. Right. Well, then, gents, if, if that's us, then uh, we'll start to wrap things up. Like I say, Steelers away on Saturday, 7 p.m. Steelers TV. Storm away on Sunday, uh, 5.30 p.m. You can get that on uh, Storm TV. Um, big thanks. Uh, big thanks to Davy Phillips and the Matkin for joining us. Uh, big thanks to... Uh, Jans TV and Flames TV for the post games and stuff like that. Big thanks to you, gents. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, you can get us at AVFTB on X slash Twitter. I still call them mobile fruits, so this thing's still called Twitter. Um, Facebook, you can get us on YouTube and of course podcasts, all your normal podcast providers and Kingdom of the Um and with that, boys, I really appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who's been sending in your messages and uh, all your sort of interaction and thanks to people who listen in through the week and interact with us on twitter and wherever you are this weekend we hope you enjoy your hockey we'll catch you here next time one of you from the bridge Podcast Network.